Hi, I'm Deb Dotzer. And who the fuck are you? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Take that, Disney. Settle in as we begin to tell you about some friends. Folks you know in Chicago and some you've never met. We'll talk about the things they say and do. There's a question posed to old and new. Who the fuck are you? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is Kevin Alvis, and welcome back to another episode of Who the Fuck Are You? Look, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I love you. I really fucking love you. And if you're enjoying our love, please rate the show. Please review the show. And please share, share, share everything you can about the show. We're on Facebook under Who the F Are You? Because of censorship. And we are on Instagram and now Twitter under the handle at W-T-F-R-U-P-O-D. That's at W-T-F-R-U-P-O-D. Follow and share those pages so we can keep on loving each other through the science of sound. Commercials, video games, and now the voice of Gwendolyn on Disney's The Owl House. My guest today is fucking awesome. Please welcome to the show, Deb Dotzer. Recording in progress. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Deb. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I loved it right before your camera clicked on and had your uh, the picture, your profile pic that you have on that, that shows when you have your camera turned off. And it was just a wonderful profile of you screaming into the yes. air. Um, uh, I can do a plug for that. Oh, I'd love um, pl plug away. You love plugs. It's um, a friend of mine named Whitney Bradshaw has a show at the McCormick Gallery. Okay. She's on West Washington, like 854 West Washington. Okay. She did a project called Outcry after Trump got elected. Uh, so it's all women screaming. And oh, this God. is the first time it's all like 400 of the portraits. Wow. 400? So, yeah, and she's still going. Wow. Um, so, I mean, it's worth checking out. It's pretty amazing. Well, and I'm in there screaming <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, that I don't know what I look like, although that was a goofy. That, that goofy, sh yeah. shot I saw for the ha half second I, definitely encompasses everything I think everyone has been feeling for the past four years and then some. Exactly. Reason. So, yes, yeah. I do. I, that's I, something I want to go check really, out now. It's really cool, and it's free. So, <sighs> you know, you go, and I think it's open all day. It's a cute little gallery. You know, it's um for the actors in the room. It's mm -hmm. near, I think, I think O'Connor casting is still there, but oh, it, okay. it's kind of in that neck of the woods. I, now, I know what you're talking about now. Before, had no idea. You said O'Connor, okay. <laughs> now I have a rough idea. <laughs> Deb, how have you been? It's been a long, long time since I've seen you. Probably at least two or well, three years. I it's, feel like. you know, pandemic. I like your pandemic beard. Oh, thank you very it's much. Very nice. uh, yeah, it's this, very uniform. Like I, I like the white at the bottom. I, uh, A, got lucky with where the white popped out. And mm -hmm. B, uh, that was part of my pandemic thing was I sunk myself into beard care for a short time. And I let it go out, get a little bit bigger. And I started doing a lot of research on oils and the best thing to use to comb it and all that oh, stuff. Nice. I, just, I was like, if I'm going to have a beard, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do the thing. You're going to do the thing. I did yeah. the thing. I let my, my hair, I was like at that point where I wanted a haircut mm -hmm. right before the pandemic hit. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm not getting a haircut for a while. 
So I let my hair grow. I recently, maybe in April, I had it cut, but it was um, like down to like my bra strap. Wow. And I donated it, which I'm sure a lot of other people did. Oh, nice. um, so I donated 10 inches of my hair. Wow. That's yeah. Amazing. You needed a haircut and then you went a year without it. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's a bunch it of was. Hair. It was a lot of hair and like, I was kind of cool with it. People were like, oh, you look so young. Is that a young picture of you? I'm like, oh, maybe I should keep this long hair. Mm -hmm. Then I was eating a salad and I pull, <laughs> I just pulled out this ridiculous, and I was like, no thanks, no that's, more. That's the downfall of the beard sometimes. I'm like, what? It's uh, it's either I'll find a beard, beard hair in my mouth mm. or I'm eating something and I'm like, what's that? And I've come to find that I've got cat hair and cat fuzz stuck in my beard which then became <laughs> lodged into my food and I was like oh this is what is all over this but yeah, the cats will do that to you my oh. when my older son started crawling he went behind the couch and he came out with a cat fu man <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh better dust behind uh, a, cat, a cat man chew Damn. So um, what have I, I mean, you know, what have we all been doing? You know, I mean, I've been, I've been on the Zoom teaching, yeah. you know, doing my thing. Um, I recorded uh, during the pandemic um, uh, three episodes of Disney's The Owl House, which is an TV show. I'm super stoked to talk about that. I want to get into that in just a little bit because that's really exciting especially coming from a person who is a disney person my, i come from a disney family my sister and i are huh? disney kids we love okay disney. Uh, i was just there two years ago uh, my sister and i went together for the first time since we were kids and she's oh, almost 50 cool. and i'm almost 47 so like we were there together did all the things so i definitely want to talk about the disney okay um, that's so awesome but i want to go back to because i know you're not originally from chicago i believe you're from new york originally is that correct I am. I'm from Long Island, New York. Long Island. New Yorker. Yeah. What brought you to Chicago? How long have you been in the city and what brought you here? Um, I have been here since 1993. Um, and what brought me here was, you know, I was at that crossroads in my career in Boston. I was mm -hmm. doing um, theater like, uh, you know, six nights a week, eight to nine shows a week in, a, in an equity show. And I loved it, mm -hmm. but I was like 20, you know, I started doing the show when I was 24 and we called it the golden handcuffs. It was sheer madness um, that ran here and there, whatever. Cause they'd be like, we're renewing your contract. And you'd go, okay, great. That's but I was, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm getting paid and I'm doing theater. But you know, everyone I worked with was like probably your age now, like in their forties, had kids, had, you know, owned property, you know, were grownups and I was not a grownup. <laughs> right. And they'd all trundle off when Sunday night after the show closed down to New York. And because we were in Boston, mm -hmm. I was in Boston at the time, they'd go to New York and they'd rent like one apartment and they'd all share it and they'd all audition for like Law and Order and all that stuff. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. I grew up outside of New York City. I love New York City, but I know that it's ridiculous to live there, you know, as a young starving artist, if you mm -hmm. will. And um, and I didn't see myself on Broadway or anything like that. So I was like, mm. I didn't really know anybody in L.A. And I really didn't see myself doing film work. You know, I was a baby. So right. I moved here. I was 28. But I had done a lot of improv in Boston and I thought and I had started doing some voiceover. So I was kind of like, OK, well, those are the two things I really love. So I'm going to move to Chicago. I had a friend from college 
who lived here and he and his husband wasn't his husband then, but uh, there, you know, he's an actor and they were like, yeah, it's great. You can like find a nice place to live and, you know, and it's affordable and all this, all the things. So and that's a big draw. That was a big draw for my wife and I, it was like, you had everything that you needed and you could also kind of live a life. Like you could have a decent a house and you didn't have to spend everything that you made on a tiny, you know, six by six box to live in. Exactly. With the toilet in the middle of the kitchen. Right. Cause I've know? had some friends that lived in the city proper and they see our apartment. They're like, I was paying what you're paying for your two bedroom apartment for a room. Yeah. So, I mean, I love, I love Chicago. I didn't at first cause I'm a little bit of an East coast snob, oh, but yeah? I've grown to, you know, it's just so flat. <laughs> <laughs> there's no ocean i mean the lake is cool the lake is know? nice but yeah because i'm from the gulf coast and i love being around the water and things like that which is why we kind of live where we do my wife was like i want to live by the lake if we're moving to the city and i'm like i understand we'll do that we'll do what we can it's nice but yeah at first it was kind of like that's not a beach that don't that's not a beach that's no. just a dirt next to a fucking big pond <laughs> what are y'all talking about i can't go in because there's bacteria and shit where's the fucking all right now i'll go somewhere else yeah um so apparently you have moved out of the world of uh, stage and have just, from what I can see from your credits and stuff like that, kind of quote unquote, been dominating voiceover for years because you've been working. I mean, looking at the list that I found online of places that you've represented as a voice for their commercials, State Farm, McDonald's, Nessie's Toll House, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, Red Lobster. Did you get paid in like delicious cheesy biscuits? I would have put that in my contract <laughs> and be like this much money and biscuits. Uh, no, unfortunately not. My, when I first met my boyfriend, I was doing like a, like a Perillo, I think BMW. And he's mm -hmm. a big, and he's like, do you, could you get paid in a BMW? I'm like, no. It's <laughs> How much do you fucking think I get paid for a commercial? I mean, exactly. it's not bad, but it's not BMW good. It's not BMW money. You know? <laughs> um, what kind of led you down this voiceover path? Because I mean, you do have such a a wonderful range that I've just in like the two seconds of this podcast already, I've heard 15 characters come out of you. Um, uh, yeah. So what, what was the first thing, first time you were like, I want to really push for this. And, and was there a thing about it that you latched onto a lot other than being able to work in your pajamas? Uh, well, working in your pajamas is cool. Um, you know, it was, I, it was never like a, a career idea. Do you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I, of course, as a kid, I loved watching cartoons, but I never thought, oh, they're voiced by real people who are, that's their job. Like, mm -hmm. it wasn't like now where the kids like know all the actors and every video game and every animation, right. they're like, they're like, you know, it's like a cult, you know, mm -hmm. they're really into it. So uh, when I was in Boston, and I was doing improv, ha ha funny improv. Mm -hmm. And there was a class to do improv seriously, like as a serious acting tool. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I think I'll, you know, I'm gonna take that workshop. And of course, everybody was like, oh, you know, doing all the things. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh God, that's what I, you know, it's what I do every freaking day. Uh -huh. And I was like, cause I love improv. I love it as a, as a tool. Mm -hmm. I mean, not just for the funny, but just, right. I mean, it can be, you know, incredible in the right hands. It's like, to me, so amazing to watch people create something magical out of whole cloth. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, got a call from this dude who was in the workshop and he was like, Hey, and I kind of remembered him. He was a little older than I was. And I was like, Oh, is he going to ask me out? I hope not. <laughs> and then he didn't, but I, I was disappointed about that. And then you're like, you son of a bitch, what's wrong with me? I'm cute. 
Um, but he was like, you know, I think, you know, I, you know, I remember you from the workshop. I hope it's okay. I called you. Um, I think you have a cool voice. Have you ever thought about doing voiceover work? And I was like, dude, I don't even know what that is. And he was like, well, I'm, I produce, um, you know, industrial, not for broadcasts, not a TV commercial or a radio commercial. And, um, and he's like, and I would love for you to come and audition. And I'm like, okay. Oh, so I great. went and it was for a, like a, kind of a fake talk call-in show okay and the, all the callers they had real medical doctors but all the callers were like you know crazy different characters okay so I auditioned for the know-it-all medical student and I booked it and it was like a recurring character but I would go in for like 20 minutes it was a non-union gig but I made 200 dollars for 20 minutes of like fun right and it, that, yeah and i didn't have to put in contact lenses or wear an outfit and really get up in front of people or go to rehearsals or do the thing you know yeah and i loved improv so it allowed me to utilize some of those skills like judiciously mm -hmm. and i always loved cold reading you know i never liked doing a monologue because i would always overthink it and i hated oh, it and i was <sighs> i was a terrible auditioner yeah, yeah, in too. that regard so yeah, it was yeah. kind of like here make this funny, you know, do, you know, so I loved it. And when I moved here, I did some, you know, some local like non-union stuff for like the Harvard coop and stuff mm -hmm. like that in Boston. And then when I moved here, I was like, I'm really going to focus on that and the improv, which kind of fell by the wayside. You know, I just, you know, I was like, well, I really want to focus on voiceover. And, you know, at the time, Chicago was like the advertising hub, you know, in the, in the early 90s. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah. 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 So it was, you know, e even when I got into it, people here were like, you've missed the good times. But I was like, I'm having a good time right now. You Seem know, you're doing just fine. I mean, Jim. And it's changed, you know, I, I mean, anything that's technology driven, as you know, voiceover is mm -hmm. changes. And I mean, Absolutely. the technology has changed so much. So, you know, do you, as a, as a voiceover actor, do you prefer more character work or, or are you the type that really likes to dig into copy? Like I, I personally enjoy like digging into some like thick copy of like, Hey everybody, this is what we're going to get into. I've always secretly wanted to be the voice uh, that tells instructions at Disney world. Um, so is it, do you prefer to kind of sit in that world or do you love doing the character work or you just love to work? Like, is, is that your world? I kind of love it all. I really yeah. do. Um, you know, doing character work is sort of where I started, like, but I've kind of grown to love all of it. And I, like you really, you know, for some reason, people hire me for a lot of medical shit, like mm -hmm. really heavy duty medical terminology. I'm like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I love it because, and I did um, an entire year's worth of VTech toys. I worked for a whole year. And, and it was, you know, A, 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 B, 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 so right? So the voices and all these toys were you? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. See, that, so to me, a that's, lot of like, them. That's, that's like being famous. You're like, you're a toy? That's fucking awesome. Well, it's funny. I did not buy any of them for my kids because I hate extraneous noise. <laughs> that's me. And I was at my cousin's house and her daughter brought out a toy. It was a VTech toy. And she starts pressing it. And I'm like, oh my, that's me. And they're all like, I'm like, that's me. Um, but that was really difficult because you had to, you know, first of all, they were going to digitize your voice for the game. Mm -hmm. Apparently I have a good voice for digitizing. I do. Who knew? But you had to be very precise with your diction. 
And then you had to do things like count, you know, count up to like a hundred, but you had to do like, you know, one, 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 you know, give it a different three in a row kind of different inflections. They could put 210, right? 351. And I do a medical thing that I've been doing for a number of years. I had to read from one to 2000 like that because it was all dates, you know, like, you know, 2019, 2019. Um, But I kind of dig that what other people would be like, shoot me now, like that repetition. And I do like digging into, you know, just even like a short commercial, you know what I mean? Like really kind of diving in like it's Shakespeare Mm -hmm. or something, you know, and really kind of doing my due diligence with it. So it all, it all interests me and the backstory, how a commercial gets made. I, produce voiceover demos mostly because I just like finding the right music and the right script for a person I'm in. So it's all, it still excites and fascinates me. Going through your, your stuff here, I realized that I've been listening to you for a longest time because you, uh, speaking of games and stuff, you, uh, I know you've done some, some voiceover stuff, one being Watch Dogs, but one being Injustice Gods Among Us, which I played so many times. Oh, did you? Uh, I have a friend that works for, uh, was it NetherRealm? Like yeah. The company that produces it. Uh, and so uh, he was like, check out this game that we just put out because it's like Mortal Kombat, but it's all your superheroes. And you played, you did the voice for the narrator in that game. Is that correct? If I read that correct? Yeah. Such good work. Such good work. Thank you. Um, yeah. That was a fun one. Because um, I when I went into audition, um, they were like, yeah, we never hire Chicago actors. So I was working with people from LA, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, but, you know, we're here in Chicago. We think you guys are good. So they were kind of presenting some Chicago talent. And they were like, but, you know, don't expect anything, right? They treated me like royalty, which most of the time isn't, you know, you don't get treated. They were like, can I get right. you something? I was like, oh, oh I love that gosh. stuff. All of a sudden when they, when they say, oh, the talent's here. You're like, who? What? Me? Yeah. What? Huh? And I remember early in my career, they would like order breakfast for like all the, you know, the clients, producers. And they, mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'm starving. <laughs> they don't get anything, right? So no, this is like, actor, there's a Butterfinger out front. Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, they're treating me nice, you know? Um, and I read that script. But, you know, they were just like, here's just, you know, this is just a script. This is kind of what we're looking for. I did it. Um, whatever, like a week or however long later I get a booking, but it was for a Spider-Man pinball machine because they always Ooh. give them like strange names. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, oh, well, I guess I booked something from them. And I go in and know it's Injustice, which I didn't even really know what the game was, but I'm like, oh, no, Spider-Man pinball. They were like, uh, no. no. So I did, you know, and uh, yeah, it was just, I guess, you know, cause I am not a gamer, but I guess when you unlock the characters, you get this backstory. Yeah. Of yep. them, you get the yeah. whole rundown and everything like that, and yeah, because yeah, it's uh, I, they did a great job with that game because it was a fighting game, but they did a great job with a through line because I mean it's just two people fighting, so like how is this going to be like an adventure game? Oh, right. here's some good storyline in between, and that was part of that storyline. You get all the rundown on the characters, the ba- and they all like wasn't it like flipped like Superman was a bad guy, yes, and this, Lex Luthor was a good guy. You know, I everything. remember correctly the storyline was off uh, uh, an offshoot where where apparently the Joker had killed Lois Lane, 
So Superman went crazy and killed the Joker and turned into a faction of like, okay, well, we're just ending crime my way, which is the Superman way, which is I'll just come through and just punch everybody's faces off. Right. And so he kind of became the bad guy and they split. And that's why it was all to explain why they're fighting. <laughs> You're like, yeah. why are these good guys fighting each other? Right. And this then is was, why. Lex Luthor went through, you know, and the whole thing. Oh, yeah, it, it was funny because I'm, I mean, I'm not like a, you know, a comic person either. So they had to like give me pronunciations, not that much, but I was right. like, I'm not a complete dodo, but some of the characters' names, I was like, I don't know who this is. But. <laughs> Who's this? It's <laughs> funny that you, it's funny now because when I go back and think about playing that game, I can I can totally hear that it's you. Like I didn't know beforehand because you're you have such a great voice. Um, out of all these games and out of all these commercials or things you worked on, has there been a project that you've been like, okay? this is what I'm doing. This has now moved me into the level of like, I'm a voiceover actor. Um, so I did a good season salad dressing. That was my very first TV commercial. So mm -hmm. that was great. Although it was not a fun session. I think I got over-directed and got in my head, but you know, it was nice to hear it. So that's, you know, that's always cool. Um, I think Injustice was really cool because like I said, I don't know from the game. So it was like, oh, like, you know, I always tell my college students because it gives me some street cred with the with the youngins. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, and but really like landing an animated role at the tender age of 55 was really because, you know, you think that ship has sailed. Right. Right. I didn't go out to L.A. I thought about it. I was out there. Then I came back to town, got pregnant, blah, 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 didn't move to L.A. You know, and like everyone, you know, including myself, will tell my students, if you want to do animation, you got to go to L.A. Right. But I really think that the pandemic kind of leveled the playing field a bit. I do, too. And they were like, but we like her and her sound quality is good from her home booth. So screw it, you know. Um, so that really kind of floored me. And it's still kind of is flooring me to sort of be like, that's me! that character, you know. And yeah, when I saw that announced that you had, we'll, we'll talk about your show now because it's that's I think it's really fucking exciting. You had booked this Disney show. This uh, it's called the Owl House, mm -hmm. uh, and you played the character of Gwendolyn. Mm -hmm. um, what uh, did you find all the pieces of your brain after it exploded when you got the booking? Because that's what I imagined. Like if that happened to me, my head would blow up. They were like, "Hey, you just booked this awesome job through Disney." Boom! You know that would go in my head. Um, what yes. was it like for you internally when you got that? Because I mean, you've been working so much, you've done so many things, but to kind of land an animated show is almost kind of like landing a sitcom or something like that in my head. Except that you're just in a booth instead of a thing. Yes. So that had to be very exciting. Like, so oh what, what did you do to celebrate? <laughs> so my son and I had just gotten back from a lovely pandemic walk mm -hmm. in the Bohemian National Cemetery where everybody walked. Everybody did a cemetery walk. I heard, yeah, yeah. You know, because you're like, well, not a lot of people there. Right. Well, there are a lot of people, but they're dead. But so, it's kind of dead around here. It really, it's like they're dying to get in there. <laughs> so we're walking in the door and I see a New York phone number that I don't recognize. And you know, I, I'm like, oh. so, I, you know, we settle in and I sit down to listen to the message because it was fairly long. I was like, who the fuck is this? Expecting it to be like, you know, your warranty has expired on your car. We've been trying to get you about this. 
And, it, you know, it's a, it, so it, I'm at Stewart in Chicago, it was Stewart, New York. So they've never contacted me before. And they're like, hi, this is Marla, la, la, la. You, you know, I want to talk to you about, you booked the character Gwendolyn on the Owl House. Um, it was supposed to only be a one-off episode, but I think there's going to be more. Can you call me back? And my son happened to just walk by while I was, and, and he looked at me and he's like, oh my God, mom, are you okay? Because apparently I just was like, and I was like, I, I think I just booked a Disney animation. He was probably, his head exploded. I kind of, oddly, I sort of felt, it was like shock, I think. I mean, yeah. I was kind of numb and like in disbelief, you know, and then I called her and I'm like, but this is what happens. You know, this is, you're an actor, like mm -hmm. be cool. <laughs> just be cool man just to be like thank just you be very cool. much don't, and just don't get all fangirly on her you know i was like hey marlon step down there like, oh, yeah, yeah great sure and meanwhile i'm like <gasps> so i was nervous um but i have to say they were lovely you know um very cool uh mm -hmm. with the exception of the uh, engineer. It was all women, woman writer, woman director. Oh, great. I liked the woman power. They were really just lovely to work with. It was a great script. Um, easy peasy. Um, except, you know, of course, my technology, we were supposed to do a source connect session, had a like a couple of days before I had a, a connect with um, another engineer, but they were all like, we had a great, he was like, yeah, you're, you're, you're good to go. I'm like, yay day of the session no my my internet's all janky of we course. can't connect we uh, had to do a zoom yeah oh, it was you know but the engineer was great i mean i always say as a voiceover actor the engineer is your best friend in this mm -hmm. industry you yep. know um what yeah. can you tell us about the owl house what is uh is this a strictly for kids disney show or is this one of those disney shows that's also for the parent well you know i don't know i mean it's uh, the main the main character so it's kind of this whole plot but the main character is kind of a a witch who kind of came into this other realm and then there's a 12 year old girl who kind of enters this realm and then kind of becomes this witch's apprentice but she wants to get back home to find her mom okay you know because she's like i don't i don't really want to live here forever but it's sort of sort of her kind of coming of age story gotcha. so i i think it was probably aimed at middle school students you know because the the protagonist is 12 mm -hmm. but i find like my college students flip and love it Really? And for Disney, I wouldn't say it's subversive, but this main character, the 12 year old girl discovers that she's bisexual and kind of like has feelings for a girl. Wow. Wow. And, you know, there's there's lots of underlying things. And she's also Latinx, a little girl. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, so there's and like my character sort of you know, kind of ignored one of the, one of her daughters and focused on the other one. And then that kind of resolves, like people were like, oh, your character, you know, she's a Karen or she's an anti-vaxxer. I was like, okay, I don't know. These kids like dig deep. Wow. There was like a dude on like, I don't even know, like Reddit, one of those things. And he had like a, like a stuffed sloth on his shoulder uh -huh. and, a, and a pirate hat. And he was literally dissecting the whole episode I was in. Wow, and like, wow. yeah. And like, my boyfriend was like, dude, I think they're going to like have a college class. You know, I'm like, like well, people are really into it and they have 
strong opinions. I'm friends with Steve Downs, who is the voice of Master Chief in the Halo games. I listen I know. to him every Thursday. I play a Halo I, with my friends every Thursday. Do, okay, so yeah. Uh, did I, did I, did I, did I, oh, yeah. Oh, God, that's, I that's, love Steve. Yeah. I mean, I've, I knew him before he was the Master Chief. So, <laughs> you know, and uh, that's a kind of an interesting story. But like, you know, a lot, you know, you don't, I, part of it is like, I didn't grow up fangirling over this kind of stuff. So it's sort of like, you know, oh, like I've had students be like, you can do conventions now. Like you should, I'm like, Okay, like uh, okay. signing autographs would be a good life. You get paid well, but like Steve, because you know, that's what he does. So I've been meaning to reach out to him and be like, dude, like how does, how does what, you know? The first convention Steve went on, he didn't even realize. And he was like, yeah, I'll go. And he paid his own way. And then he was like, yeah, no, that's no. not because he was like, you know, some other guy and the guy's like, dude, you don't pay your own way. <laughs> it's a like, job, this is a gig. Yeah, this is a gig. And Steve was like, oh, and he didn't know. I mean, because nobody was like, this game is going to be big. No, and if that you're was... not a gamer or hanging out with gamers, you know, you don't know. I've been playing that series since day one. Uh, that's, been, that's been around forever. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of, because Bungie was in Chicago, the very first oh, game. I didn't know. They that. had most like Pete Stacker, Tim Dadabo, Steve. And I'm sure some other people that those are the three that I know personally, but I'm sure there's a lot of other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like Watch Dogs was because it was set in Chicago. Mm -hmm. They came here and like they wanted like an authentic Chicago experience. And yeah, uh, yeah the voiceover work on that was pretty impactful. And I think yeah. a lot, well, they, of, it, they lot really of it due to you, Deb. Oh yeah, it was all me. I think I think yeah. that was a lot. They of wanted they wanted act. They, they hired a lot of actors too, who weren't necessarily voice actors because mm -hmm. you know, um, but they hired like it was great because they hired like almost every voice actor in town, you know, which was wonderful. They didn't hire me. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I also don't sound like I'm from Chicago, so that <laughs> it's the downfall of living in Chicago about trying to book jobs in Chicago is because I don't sound like I'm from Chicago, unless I say the word Chicago. Chicago. That's it. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. Planting it out, but yeah, Watch Dogs. I actually did improv for. Oh, nice. Tom Taylorson, who now lives in LA, and me. Um, they had like drawn some extra scenes mm -hmm. and they were like, so we don't even know what these scenes are. We'll just play them and you guys just riff. <laughs> so there was one scene where like the woman, cause I did, I was mostly like background person. Like uh -huh. I didn't have a character, but I was like, I did like seven sessions, which I was like, I don't give a shit that I don't have a character. I'm showing up for seven sessions. That's so checks. he and I, and so the character was like a, a woman at the end, an ATM and a dude standing behind her and the dude's like gesticulating. And so Tom says something like, you know, hey, uh, I'm kind of in a hurry. And then the woman turns and she's like, yeah, I'll be done in a minute. And then she turns back and then he grabs her, punches her in the face, which we, neither one of us expected. <laughs> so, I mean, we were just like, what the fuck, what? You know, and then they're like, oh, okay. Cause they were, they didn't think it was gonna. So all of them, it was crazy and wow. it was fun, but it was like, you know, we don't know what this is going to be, except it's going to be a brutal attack on this woman. It's like there were a lot of weird attacks. Like, yeah, like you just punched me in the fucking head, then she hauls off and slugs him. Well, that's video games, man. People are just like, oh, can I just run around, and beat people up? 
cool. Yeah. And it was so exciting when I auditioned to be able to like yell fuck at the top of my lungs because it was like all swears and very right because that's like, something McDonald's doesn't usually have in their scripts. Fuck, this is a great muffin. You know, that's really? da, 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 <laughs> fucking that. loving it. You know, it's not just it's not it's so I'm sure it's freeing to get to go to work. It and should be fuck. well, yes, it is. I mean, it's like, oh God, I could swear. Because yeah, I love I love swearing. Oh, I love it's, it. It's kind of my fucking favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney's The Owl House is that's uh, on the Disney Plus channel, correct? It's on the regular Disney Channel. That's I thought it was on the Plus. Oh, I so, thought the I, regular you know. Disney Channel was the Plus now. All right, so the regular well, Disney no, Channel. Seven, see, I don't know. You probably know more than I do about these things. I don't know, but well, if yeah. we if you still have the regular Disney Channel, go find The Owl House. I'm sure it's going to be on uh, Disney Plus at some time soon. I mean, why not? It's Disney. They yeah. On everything. It's and like I know there. that um, that you can like stream season one, but I don't think you can stream season two yet. Oh, well, I don't like, want to see season one. I mean, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not there. I'm not you there for get other the back people. Story. I'll go to the wiki page. I'll catch up and then I'll listen. To it. <laughs> um, Deb, we have hit uh, my favorite part of the show. Ah. I keep saying that. There's only two parts of the show. So all of the show is my favorite part, but this is a fun part I like to get to. And this is the section I call same three questions. Same three questions. Okay. These I love it. are the exact same three questions I ask everybody that comes on my show. It's just fun to hear what you got to say. Uh, so question number one, if you could have one superpower, which would it be and why? Ooh. I don't know. You know, I want to say something like, you know, my, my, you know, Miss America answer. You know, like I want to like touch things in world peace. <laughs> right, I just heal everyone of everything. I just heal everyone of their ills. Um, you know, but the Midas touch wouldn't be bad. Like to turn shit into money or gold. Oh. You know what I mean? Okay, that's actually the first time that's come on them. I think the most popular answer so far has been teleportation, but the Midas touch. Yeah. Especially if you can control it and not just accidentally like pat somebody on the back and then they're gold uh that's yeah teleportation though i mean that that's those you have more interesting guests who are not as you know (laughs) marry the word for people who give a shit about money and i really don't but honestly i was like my first thing was like you know and the thing is i've always like talked about if i ever win the lottery right but then i'm like giving all my money away right so you know so you have to win enough money in the lottery to make sure that you can give it all away and still have a hundred million dollars left so if i could just touch it and it turned to gold or money then i'd just be like there you go that'd be great i'd be like like, deb what are you doing this afternoon you want to come over and touch some stuff at my house and (laughs) and you'd be like that doesn't sound weird yes i'll be over in a few minutes (laughs) (laughs) like just don't touch me but you can also touch this couch uh, great. Midas touch. I love it. You got that first answer, right? Congratulations. Okay, thanks. Uh, second question. If after you died, you were reincarnated as a sandwich, which sandwich would you be? Ooh. Now this can go in the realm of like, what would be like, like, like what's your favorite sandwich? So you're like, oh, I want to be my favorite sandwich or what sandwich best describes them? Interesting. Well, I'm a vegetarian. Okay. So, um, it would be some sort of a veggie thing, um, kind of a combo. Like I do like a veggie burger um, with um, my new favorite thing is like sriracha mayonnaise. Okay. Oh my God. Have you had it, Kevin? No, not yet. Oh, Jesus. That get, sounds delicious. Get yourself some <laughs> sriracha mayonnaise. You won't <laughs> regret it. So, I, so a veggie burger, 
with um, a fried green tomato. All right. Avocado, some spinach, and some and some uh, sriracha mayonnaise. That sounds like a good afternoon. That's a good sandwich. On like, I don't know, it could go up the bun, could go anyway. A pretzel bun, oh. maybe some nice focaccia bread. I you think know, a pretzel bun is sort. one of the most perfect vehicles for a burger of some sort because that doesn't yeah. fall apart and you can pretty much get a good bite every bite. You yes. know? Oh, and a really delicious coleslaw on it. Uh, that is <laughs> sounds like a delicious sandwich. And if I, I, I would say that if I had to guess, yes, that describes you to a T. Um, so congratulations, two for two. You got that okay. answer right as well. What do I win, Kevin? Oh, I don't know. You got to get all three <laughs> right. That's the thing. Uh, and last question. Hey, Deb, blue or green? <gasps> Those are actually my two favorite colors. Ooh, now you have to decide. I know. And it's funny. I just actually had this conversation with someone. Um, we were talking about colors. I used to be a team green for years and years and years. Uh -huh. And as I've gotten older, I'm team blue. Oh, I do. I enjoy the blue a little bit more now. Yeah. Mm, that's tough because the answer was green. Shit. The answer was green. So that's okay. Ah. You got two out of three. You were so close. I was going to give you a, a whole bottle of whiskey and a hundred dollars, but uh, <laughs> yeah. sorry, just the way it goes. Oh, uh, Deb, uh, are you on social media? Can people come find you and follow you for your projects? And, and, and God bless like you because I'm really not. I'm on Facebook. That's oh, about okay. it. All right. uh, but well. you know, I probably should get on the the Twitters and start twatting. And, uh, and know. I was on Instagram, but then I got hacked. Oh, God. And, and then I tried to fix it and it was just, I can't remember all those passwords, Kevin. I just assholes, always ruining shit. Just fucking yeah. ruining a good time. But a lot of people fucked with them because they were like, I'm praying for you. And have you watched Fox News? And they were like, oh, hell no, that's <laughs> not them. And they were that's like, that's not true. You know, saying all sorts of, you know, crazy stuff to them. Well, so shit. Well, just keep an ear out for Deb. Go find uh, the, her new show, The Owl House. Uh, and uh, just keep an ear out because you are all over the place. And I just think- uh, The YouTubes has, um, there's like actually a best of Gwendolyn compilation. I saw that the other day. That's pretty great. You're, you're <laughs> and a then I, all my narrator endings from Injustice are up there too. Oh, and to and I didn't post either of them. So right. that was kind of nice that See, I didn't have to like do it. my self-promotion. You like, have a fan base. <laughs> that's awesome deb it's so great to see you um i think so you were just you amazingly talented person uh you were I, one thing we didn't talk about i know you because you were my voiceover teacher and i thought you were great great teacher especially at, at, at a, uh, you know at the level i was at just kind of with the confidence of getting in front of the mic that and was, things how like long that. ago was that kevin oh god it was a while ago right it's been at least five years i feel like um, I think yeah. it's been more than that, to be honest with you, because yeah. like, think about it. The pandemic was like a year and a half. Oh, yeah. So it probably everything it had to be so at least six or seven then. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think I, I think my first, I want to say that Grossinger gig was what got me into that class because it paid my dues. <laughs> so excellent. Just paying for itself. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Round and round. It all goes full circle, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh deb thank you so much it's so great to see you it's great thank to you. chat with you. Good to see you too. hopefully i'll see you in real life soon and we can have a, a real life cocktail in the faces together that sounds delightful we will great we'll find a date then it's a date it's a date thank you for having me kevin thanks for coming on see i told you she was fucking awesome 
go check out Disney's The Owl House and then fucking just write Disney and be like, yo, we want more Gwendolyn. That way we can keep Deb rocking that shit out. Well, that about does it for this episode. As always, a big thank you for my dear friend, Mr. Jason Moody, for this kick-ass theme song, and my dear friend, Corbett Pasco for our three-question stinger. Be sure to join us for another episode when we sit down with a new guest and ask them that burning question. Who the fuck are you? Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.